This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. This puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Democrat policies foster an environment of suffering. That's what we'll be discussing on the show today. Exposing Washington American Family Radio is the network. Walker Wildman here with you, the host of Exposing Washington on American Family Radio Network. Glad to be with you this Saturday afternoon on American Family Radio Network. AFR.net is the website. You can go and listen to not only this show, but all uh, most of the shows you hear on American Family Radio. AFR.net, you can also listen live there. In addition to that, uh, and by the way, when you're at our website, AFR.net, go to the podcast link at the top of the page. And once you click on podcast, scroll down a little bit and you'll see my podcast, Exposing Washington at AFR.net, the podcast there. And you can listen to not only this show, which is posted right now as we speak, but you can also listen to last week's show and honestly you can go back about a month or so and listen to shows uh all of the exposing washington shows so afr.net also we're on uh, uh various podcast stores just type in exposing washington in your podcast store my podcast podcast will come up you can listen there lastly you can download the american family radio app download the american family radio app on your smartphone tablet mobile device and and listen there and then of course i'm on social media exposing washington on youtube walker wildman on facebook and twitter once again glad to be glad to have you uh, with us today the headline of, of of the show today is how democrat policies foster an environment of suffering and i'm going to get more into that but just a glimpse here you know we're talking about i'm talking about the policies that the democrats propose whether it be in Washington or whether it be in New York or California, wherever the Democrats are throughout the country, their policies bring about an environment of suffering, of death, and of hardship. And what am I talking about specifically? Well, let's just look at their, at their, at their immigration policies. Basically, the Democrats are for open borders. The Democrats are for open borders. Also, they're in favor of limiting or getting rid of completely immigrations and customs enforcement. The federal law enforcement branch that enforces our immigration laws in, in the mainland, in the U.S. mainland. Also, the Democrats have notably been the past few years very anti-law enforcement. I mean, remember President Barack Obama used to shame these local police departments when things would happen, when incidents would occur, and he wouldn't even know what happened. He wouldn't even know all the facts and the details, and he would go out and he would criticize on national television, criticize law enforcement. Remember this? Remember Trayvon Martin down in Florida? 
President Obama went on television and said, oh, Trayvon Martin, he reminds me of my son. Or Trayvon Martin is my son. Something like that. But what he was getting at there is Trayvon Martin was unjustly killed. Well, that's what he's getting at. When in reality, that's not true. That's not true. And so that's just, that's just one example. But then you move into abortion, a.k.a. baby killing. This past week, New York State passed legislation virtually allowing abortion, baby killing, up until, uh, up until the day of birth. Just before the child is born in, in, in New York, you can kill the baby. And it's absolutely, absolutely disgusting and evil. And so that's what I'm talking about. These Democrat policies bring about an environment of suffering, hardship, and death. And so that's what I want to focus on today, amongst many other things. And, you know, speaking of death, I want to play this. This is clip three. This is Senator Kamala Harris, or, yeah, Kamala Harris, of California. She's running to be president in 2020. And she is on the Ellen DeGeneres show talking about the death penalty and whether the death penalty is a good idea or not. This is clip three. Let's listen. I believe that the death penalty is, is, is extremely flawed as a system. I have always been opposed to the death penalty. Um, back to the point of that case, mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you that there were Democrats that said the case should be taken away from me. Went high-level elected Democrats who said the case should be taken away from me because I would not seek the death penalty. But I did what I believed was the right thing to do, and the killer of that officer will... will be in jail for the prison for the rest of his life on the issue of a national debate absolutely listen we are talking about a system that creates a final punishment without any requirement that there be dna to prove it if there's dna it may prove it but you don't need dna it is a system where it has been fundamentally proven to be applied to african-american and latino men and poor men disproportionately for the same kind of crime all right, well, there you have it. That's Senator Kamala Harris actually on the on the uh, Rachel Maddow show, on the Rachel Maddow show on MSNBC. And so there you have it. That's, that's, that's a candidate to be president talking about, oh, how horrible the death penalty is, how horrible the death penalty is, how unjust it is. But we can kill babies? But we can kill babies. See, this is, this is, these are the policies of Democrats. This is, folks... If this doesn't wake you up, if maybe somehow you've historically been a Democrat, if this doesn't wake you up, I don't know what will. The Democrats fight harder to protect murderers than they do babies. Than they do babies. And their policies, they're, they're out and loud and proud about it. They are not ashamed of their horrible death policies. So Kamala Harris, this says, oh, the death penalty, it's just unjust. It just, it just unjustly and, 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 and disproportionately, uh, you know, is responsible for, for, for uh, black deaths and, and Latino deaths. First off, my question would be, 
are there more black and Latinos committing crimes and murdering people that are qualifying for the death penalty? Because if, let's just say 50% of those on death row are, 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 are minorities, well, are, are, is it, does that match the crime statistics? Does that match the crime statistics? And so there's all these variables going on here, but the main point I wanted to bring up, and first off, I am completely in favor of capital punishment. I am completely in favor of the death penalty. If you slaughter a cop, a law enforcement officer in cold blood, absolutely the death penalty. Absolutely. No question about it. And so, you know, but this is the Democrats. This is the Democrat policies. Hey, let's go to bat for the murderers. Let's go to bat for the criminals. Let's go to bat for MS-13. Let's try to protect the thugs, the gangs, and the murderers. But let's kill babies. Killing babies is a great idea. That's what the Democrats think. And if a Democrat wants to refute that, then let's do it. If a Democrat wants to refute that fact, then let's do it. But that's the cold, hard reality. Democrats back criminals and they fight for criminals to get them uh, 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 off the hook and they are far killing babies. Look in New York State. But uh, back to the to the uh, <clears throat> mouthpiece of the Democrat Party, and that is the mainstream media. You know, this past week, they totally botched the story with uh, the Covington Catholic High School students there in Washington, D.C. And if you're not familiar with this story, these Covington High School students were standing on the steps, I believe, of the Lincoln Memorial. May have been the Washington Memorial. One of the memorials in Washington there on the National Mall. So these students were standing there and uh, they were waiting on the bus, on their bus to come pick them up, to take them back to Kentucky after the March for Life. Well, as they're standing there, these these so-called black Hebrew Israelites, which I don't know what the heck that is, never heard of it before in my life, these black Hebrew Israelites, so-called, they are uh, they're 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 chanting and yelling explicit slurs at these high school students, at these high school students, and the high school students are just standing there, hanging out, waiting on their bus. And so to counteract that, the high school students start chanting their school song, their school motto, which is perfectly innocent. Well, then here walks this guy by the name of Nathan Phillips, this Native American. uh, uh, The media called him a, a, a Vietnam veteran, and that turned out to be fake. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. But Nathan Phillips interjects himself into the group, this group of high school students. So then the media, there's these pictures and videos. The media is going, oh, these high school students surrounded this Native American, this elderly Native American. They surrounded him and started bullying him and taunting him. That's absolutely not what happened. So anyways, we're supporting these students. You know, they're having to defend their name. They're having to defend their integrity, their character, and their name, and they're having to do that at their own expense. AFA.net is the website if you want to sign this petition supporting these students. AFA.net will also post it on on my podcast page at AFR.net, exposing Washington podcast page there. Um, But I want to play this clip. This is clip one. 
This is Nathan Phillips. Uh, this is a Fox News report, but it's talking about how this this Native American by the name of Nathan Phillips, and that's not even his real name on his birth certificate. Um, that seems to be a common theme. People totally have different names on their birth certificate. Uh, these people that make headlines. Nathan Phillips, um, according to Fox, is a known disruptor in Washington, D.C. This is clip one. Let's listen. Even though I'm angry, I still have that forgiveness in my heart for, for those students. And that forgiveness even goes to those chaperones and those teachers who should have who should have just said, you students, this isn't the place. Now we are learning more about Phillips' service record. Phillips, who went by the name Nathaniel R. Stenard, served in the U.S. Marine Corps Reserves from May of 1972 to May of 1976, reaching the rank of Private E-1. Military occupational specialties included refrigerator technician and anti-tank missileman. But contrary to those reports you mentioned, the Marine Corps says he had no deployments and never served in Vietnam. Fox News also has confirmed details about an incident involving Phillips after the Lincoln Steps stare down on Saturday. Phillips led dozens in an attempt to enter and disrupt the Catholic Mass services at the Basilica of the National Shrine of the Immaculate Conception. You see there on your screen a spokeswoman releasing this statement to Fox News. On January 19th, 2019, during a special mass at 7 p.m., a time when the basilica is normally closed, a group of approximately 50 individuals attempted to gain entrance to the basilica while chanting and hitting drums. The individuals were asked to leave the property after it was determined they did not intend well, to share the celebration. It. So, so th that's the Fox News report. That was uh, Griff Jenkins, I believe. And so it turns out this guy named Nathan Phillips, which that's not his real name, Nathan Phillips, what is calling that? Nathan Phillips... It's, this was not his only rodeo. This was not his first or last rodeo. So Nathan Phillips, wanting to make headlines, walks into the group of high school students and starts banging his drum in their face, which he's lucky that they didn't respond uh, another way. You start getting in somebody's face, banging their drum, that's asking for confrontation, asking for trouble. And so the next day, what does Nathan Phillips do? The old innocent, elderly Native American? Well, he goes over to basically the Catholic Church, called the Catholic Basilica, there in Washington, D.C. He goes over there with a group of 50 people banging their drums, trespassing, trying to, trying to breach the door to get in to the Catholic Basilica in Washington, D.C. And so this whole idea that Nathan Phillips is an old innocent, elderly Native American just trying to express his First Amendment rights and he's being bullied all over the place. That is a fake narrative. Absolutely fake. But hey, leave it to the mouthpiece of the Democrat Party to spread fake news. It truly is the enemy of the people. Moving on here, and, and by the way, if you notice there, the first part of that clip was Nathan Phillips. And he was saying to, to, to the Today Show, you know, I have forgiveness in my heart for what those students did. And I'm thinking, forgiveness for what? Forgiveness for what? They didn't do anything. The students didn't do anything. They stood there, looked at this, this, this wacko beating his drum in their face. They didn't do anything wrong. So there, there needs not be, there need not be forgiveness extended from Nathan Phillips because the students didn't do anything wrong. But nonetheless, moving on, you know, there's this story out of Washington, D.C. This is from Breitbart.com, 
And this, the headline here is John Kelly, the former chief of staff for President Trump, joins the establishment push for Trump to quit the fight for the border wall. Let me read that again. Chief of Staff John Kelly is joining the establishment in Washington, D.C. to urge Trump to stop fighting for the border wall. And how did this carry out? How did this uh, play out, you might ask? Well, John Kelly, the former chief of staff, signed on to a January 23rd letter, which doesn't really talk about the wall, the need for border security in the wall, but instead it says, we call on President Trump to end the shutdown and fund uh, the partial government shutdown, fund the agencies that are affected. And so maybe, perhaps, this is why John Kelly doesn't work at the White House anymore. Because it looks like John Kelly is an open borders advocate. John Kelly here saying that President Trump needs to open back up the government and then we can talk. You know, this is the this is the bait that they've been trying to get President Trump to take, and he just hadn't taken it. And that is, the Democrats say, President Trump, open back up the government, and then we'll negotiate. Open back up the government, and then we'll negotiate. That is the biggest lie ever. The Democrats will not negotiate with President Trump if he opens back up the government. The only leverage President Trump has is his veto pen. That is the only leverage he has is his veto pen. And so this whole idea from the even some of these establishment Republicans, which I despise, like Mitt Romney saying, well, let's just open back up the government and then we'll talk. Then we'll carry out good faith negotiations. The Democrats do not know what good faith negotiations are. They're a bunch of lying crooks. The Democrats do not know how to negotiate in good faith. The Democrats are known for lying, known for going behind people's backs, known for saying one thing on television and another thing behind closed doors. I mean, look at this. Just just look at this. Remember, if you like your doc doctor, you can keep your doctor. How many times do we hear that from former President Barack Obama? If you like your doctor, you can keep your doctor. Well, guess what? Barack Obama, Barack Hussein Obama, not everybody can keep their doctor. Not everybody can keep their doctor with the disastrous Affordable Care Act, which is actually the non-affordable care act. That's what it should be uh, relabeled. And speaking of Mitt Romney, I brought it up a minute ago, but Mitt Romney, uh, uh, I want to play clip two here. This is Mitt Romney, and he's in the hallways of Congress, and he's saying, you know, I voted for a border barrier or border wall, whatever you want to call it. But then he also talks about how we just we just really need to reopen the government. We really need to re reopen the government, even without border wall funding. Uh, let's go to the Mitt Romney clip. This is clip two. Let's listen. Uh, when the uh, vote for the president's proposal uh, failed, uh, we went to see uh, the second alternative. I voted for that as well. Again, because I want to see government get open and government workers get paid. Uh, it's having an effect on our economy, and more importantly, it's having an effect on the lives of our citizens not to be able to have work and not to be paid. Uh, that proposal also failed, and now it's going to be up to Republican leadership and Democrat leadership to come together and to begin to negotiate. Democrats have said they're not willing to, uh, to negotiate unless the government's open. Well, they tried their effort. I voted for it. It didn't happen. Now they've got to negotiate. We've got to have the leaders of both parties, including the Democrat Party, 
sit down with the president and work out a deal that deals with border security and gets this government open. I voted both times to open the government. I'll continue to vote to open our government and get people back to work. So there you have it. That's Mitt Romney, senator from Utah, which which I don't know how that guy keeps getting elected or getting elected to public office. This is his first time, I believe his first time in the Senate. Uh, he was governor of Maine or Massachusetts uh, years ago. But nonetheless, how he how he keeps getting back in Washington, getting back in politics, because Mitt Romney is is so establishment that he's basically a Democrat, basically a Democrat. He, he's a he's a John McCain 2.0, which is not something to be proud of. Um, but but the point I wanted to bring up there is that Mitt Romney and six and five other Republican senators voted with the Democrats this week, this past week to reopen the government without border wall funding and that just shows at least six republican senators don't genuinely want border wall funding because if they're so naive to think and they're not they're not naive they know what they're doing but if they're so naive to think that they can open back up the government and then somehow the democrats will come to the negotiating table and give trump his border wall money money who are we kidding who are we kidding but look they know what's going on. They know if they just keep kicking the can down the road the, that Trump will not get uh, the border wall money to secure our nation's sovereignty. And so at least six Republican senators, uh, six Republican swamp rats are in favor of not giving President Trump border wall money. Moving on to another topic I want to talk about real quick, and that is uh, I'll spend a few minutes on this. There's this story out this week. This is from Breitbart.com also, and look, there's not many, there's not that many news sources that I trust, but a few of them are. OneNewsNow.com, uh, I, I check out Breitbart.com, and a few other places, but uh, you have to be careful where you get your news from. But this is about Microsoft. Look, Microsoft, the company, has a browser has a browser and they are using a company called NewsGuard. NewsGuard. So Microsoft partnering with NewsGuard in order to do what? To filter out what they call unreliable news sources. Well, in their opinion, what is unreliable news sources? Well, News sources such as Breitbart.com, The Drudge Report, uh, let's see, The Daily Mail, and WikiLeaks. So this, this company is partnering with Microsoft, and folks, this is dangerous. This is dangerous when you have these, when these, when these monopolies, these, maybe not technically monopolies, but in all, for all practical purposes, these, these behemoth of companies that are unilaterally censoring websites and, 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 and filtering out certain websites or conservative news outlets that they don't like. This is dangerous. This is what totalitarian governments do. So watch out. This, more to come on this. This is just the beginning, and this has already been happening for, for years now. But Microsoft partnering with NewsGuard 
to filter out what they call unreliable news sources, which actually those, quote, unreliable news sources are actually some of the most reliable news sources. But there you have it. And, and another interesting fact here is that Microsoft and NewsGuard, they are protecting the Republican establishment. They are rep- protecting, quote, establishment news outlets uh, that they don't deem a threat to their movement. So there you have it, Microsoft NewsGuard partnering to filter out what they call um, what they call unreliable news sources. So we'll keep an eye on that, and we'll continue to monitor that. One last thing I wanted to talk about today, uh, and all these links will be posted on our podcast page at AFR.net. Once again, all of the links to the stories that I talk about, all the information you need to know about the show, AFR. .net, click on the podcast link and then scroll down to Exposing Washington on our website, AFR.net. The last story I want to talk about is this poll. This is out of thehill.com, which is a, a pretty left news outlet, but nonetheless, I like some of their content. This poll shows that a majority of voters support $15 minimum wage. The first sentence reads, a majority of Americans support increasing the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, according to a poll released Thursday. 55% of registered voters said that they would support raising the minimum wage to $15 per hour. And, you know, I can't, I cannot vouch for the legitimacy of the poll. I haven't looked at, at their polling uh, formulas, how many people were polled, how many of them were self-identified Democrats, things like that. But the, my point here is, is that let's just say at least 50% of registered voters say they're in favor to a 15 in favor of a $15 minimum wage uh, per hour you know this is dangerous this sounds good in theory it looks good on paper but this is a disastrous idea because there are story there is story after story of companies who are laying off and firing employees in California, New York, Illinois, elsewhere, because of the disastrous minimum wage laws. You bump up. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. It happens every time. It happens every time. You bump up the $15. You bump up the minimum wage to $15 an hour across the country. Guess what companies are going to start doing? They are going to start laying off people and they're going to they're going to increase the workload on others and then they're going to hire robots to do the rest. That's what's going to happen. Mark my word, it's happening across the country. Look in California. That's why California has the elites, the rich folks, which there's nothing wrong with being rich. They have the elites, Silicon Valley, the ruling class, and then they have the homeless people that are living in tents. There's no there's not many people in between. Because of the horrible minimum wage laws. That's what happens. Minimum wage gets bumped up unnecessarily to an unbearable rate. Companies start laying off people, increasing the workload on those they keep, and hiring robots. That's what's happening. Exposing Washington American Family Radio. AFR.net is our website. Stay tuned to American Family Radio throughout the weekend, and we'll see you next week.
The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.